This is the Biz News Podcast, one-on-one conversations with experts in business and personal development. Most organizations aren't very quick to change, and most businesses are around for profit. So does the issue of sustainability mean anything for the future of business? Well, yes, says a new study by the Bennett Institute for Public Policy at the University of Cambridge and JMJ, an Austin, Texas-based cultural transformation firm. Jeff Williams, who is the CEO of JMJ, is our guest on this Biz News interview podcast to talk more about what the study has discovered. Jeff, when you talk about uh, in your report about uh, corporate sustainability, would you give our audience a definition of what do you mean by this? Surely you're just not talking about making a profit. Right. So, and it's always, I think it is a great place to start because sustainability can mean many things to many people. And so as JMJ and um, Cambridge set out to look at the elements of leadership and culture on sustainability, the first thing we did was, was define a definition. And so, so we look at four pillars of sustainability. Um, the first is the technical pillar of sustainability. Most people would relate that to carbon or, or the removal of carbon out of, out of whatever system we're working in. Um, the second is the, the corporate sustainability. So what are the elements around the corporation that are required to, to make a good ongoing business? The third is governance, and, and that is quite important in, in, in a lot of cases. It's the G and the ESG. And then, and then the, the fourth, and in many cases and in many parts of the world, people would view as the most important is the social side of it. So how do, how do companies operate around the world in good faith with the communities they're operating in? So sustainability for us encompasses all four of those things. Um, I will say that, you know, today what you hear on the TV is very much around the technical and financial portions of sustainability. So the actual technologies that people are using to remove carbon or abate carbon, and then the financial schemes and tax regimes that are being set up around incentivizing that. Um, And so we, as JMJ, being a culture transformation institute, and then Bennett, being a world-renowned research institute, we decided to look at what we thought was just as important, which is the culture of sustainability. So we believe there's, there's three elements to sustainability, financial, technical, and cultural, because if you don't get the cultural part right, the other two just won't work. Is, is there a, a business case for sustainability? Because if you talk to a CEO or uh, even a small business person 20 years ago, they'd say, what are you talking about? No, so it's a, it's a great question. And it is one that I don't think has a straightforward answer. So if you listen to some of the financial institutions, CNBC, Talking Heads, others, you know, they are mandating that companies hike, make a commitment to sustainability or they will withhold capital. So at the very base level of access to capital, I believe there's a, a strong business case. Now you can say, is that is the private financial sector the right place for that to happen? I think there's a question there. Um, there's also obviously governmental regulations going in around the world that are, are forcing people. So, so at a base level, a part of this is just the cost of doing business. And the cost of doing business is having a strong sustainability strategy that is authentic and that has a roadmap that people can recognize. 
Now, Douglas, the one thing I do think that's interesting about this is some of these commitments are 25, 30 years away. And, and that's where we really look at the culture standpoint of it, because you go, okay, well, how do you know, how does the organization know what to do today to meet a commitment that's 25 years away? You know, and in some cases, there are some, you know, corporations making large portfolio moves that move away from carbon heavy things or, or investing in, you know, forest and ag and other things that can provide them a safe and security um, around, their, around their carbon management. But most companies don't have that option. And most companies, you know, think about a steel manufacturer. I mean, steel is very carbon heavy. It's not a ton they can do today. So are they investing in innovations that they may be able to implement 10 years from now? And the, and the organization understands and knows that's our path is to invest in innovation. And here's what you guys can do to participate in that. So it's things like that that I think are important for leadership, boards, and others to be super clear about what is our commitment and then what is our path. I, I can hear uh, the heads of many companies which have thin profit margins, which uh, contribute mm -hmm. considerably to uh, global warming, such as, yeah. say, a cement plant uh, operator. Exactly. Saying, exactly. why on earth should I be spending this money on sustainability for Pete's sake? I know. It is a it is a real conundrum. And I think when you go to the economic viability portion of their sustainability strategy, you know, I mean, you, you, these companies still, like you said at the beginning, still have to make a profit. They've got to run a good business. They are employing, in, in many cases, tens of thousands of people. And there's an economic benefit, of course, to just that. So, you know, it, it may be that they need to do other things because... Um, is it offsets? Is it providing credits? Is it, you know, may, maybe working with universities on how is the cement industry going to look in 10 years? I mean, so there are ways to do it that I think are authentic, that I think will, will resonate with the workforce. Um, you know, and, and, and getting back to our study on culture, I think will make people feel engaged and committed to the mission. Um, A lot of people uh, would say, how are you going to measure the success of this right right so that's a great question and it, so, so there's a big conversation going on around what are the standards of measurement because there are many but i think the good news is is there's there's becoming some general consensus that we can have standards and now let's just figure out what the right standards are there's a number of, of agencies out there working on that uh, number two there are now technologies that allow us to account and report on our carbon all across the supply chain from scope one and scope two, which generally relate to the internal activities of the business, all the way to scope three, which is how another person or consumer might use the product you're producing. And are you responsible for that? It's a big, big conversation going on around oil and gas with that conversation, obviously. Um, and so, we, so there are platforms out there that can help us account for it. So now we can measure, now we can account, and someone could say, I audit and approve the accounting of this. And then, it, then the next question is, what's enough? And, and, and then that's really a strategy question. That's a leadership question. That's a, that's a, that's a question on, on the viability of, of your sustainability strategy. And you, that, that, that segues into who leads this typically in a company? And how do you get buy-in at all the different levels? So I will say, I think that was, was, was really at the core of the study that JMJ and Cambridge um, looked at. So from a statistical standpoint, so let me just, let me just talk about the study for one second. So, so we interviewed in a kind of a semi-structured way, 
senior executives from all over the planet, CEOs, leaders, people in the sustainability business about their views. Then we went and did some focus groups around people who were generally involved in sustainability in these businesses. And, and then we had a, quite a wide range of surveys and, and uh, um, um, feedback from a broad spectrum of companies and people from around the world. There was a real coalescence around who should be leading this. 95% of our respondents said that the senior executives set the agenda and it should absolutely be led from the top. Now, and in JMJ's kind of experience with things like large safety transformations, that rings true to me. I, I think these large transformations must be set from the top. It requires capital, it requires investment, it requires change, it requires you know, people to be committed and engaged in the conversation. So that's gotta come from the top. So we were, we're all, I, when I saw those results, I was pretty comfortable that's, that was the right answer. It, it's good to know that leaders still need to need to lead and not just uh, look at the at the bottom line all the time. I think but that's speaking right. Speaking of bottom lines, Jeff, how does this affect a company's bottom line? What have you seen? So, from let's take it from two angles. Let's take it from the cultural angle, and I'm I'm gonna, and I'm going to use the talent part of the cultural angle to talk about that, and then we'll talk about the financial angle of it. So, on the bottom line, there is a real need. For, for companies to attract and retain talent. And I believe, and the study bears out, that a, a authentic sustainability strategy in a company that's truly committed to it is something that attracts employees and, and, and particularly younger employees coming out of college, starting their careers. They wanna work for a company that has purpose. They wanna work for a company they believe is doing good in the world. And so a, a, you know, a real sustainability strategy and companies that are, are authentically working on these you know, sometimes very hard problems is an attractive employer. So that in and of itself from an economic viability, ongoing concern, bringing the talent in the business, very important. On the other side of the house, which is pure financials, and I, I, would, just, I would just relate this to investment and return over time. Every company is gonna have a different strategy with that. So, so, so some companies may say, and I'll just, let, let's just use some examples, large energy company. You know, so they've got the balance sheet to move portfolios around, invest in wind, invest in solar, divest from something that maybe is a, is a part of the clean strategy as they want. You know, they can make those moves. And, and it's visible, it's public. You read about in the Wall Street Journal, this company is getting green. Not every company has that option and not in, like the, the, as, the, as the company of the cement example. And then not every company's path to sustainability is, is actually clear. Um, you know, think about, a, think about a large warehousing company that's got 10,000 trucks on the road. I mean, that's, that's a tough one. I mean, that's a tough one. And so, you know, what are they doing to, to, to drive that forward? Maybe they're making small investments in battery operated forklifts. Maybe they're changing all the warehouses to LEDs. Uh, you, you know, there are small things that are still meaningful but every path is going to be different. But the cost of you know, changing the batteries in the forklifts is probably a lot more than changing out the cost of the LEDs. And so, so they're, they're, they're always going to be kind of, kind of looking at the, the investment and then what is return on investment. And sometimes that return is financial and sometimes that return is goodwill. And, and you got to kind of go across both those. Jeff, as, as the results came in and you were collating them, putting them together, what surprised you from this study? So that's a good question. There were a couple things that surprised me. One was how important people thought building skills was in this space. And I, and I kind of looked at that, like, that one kind of jumped out at me. It's like, hmm, that's interesting. 
So people actually understand that there is a skill required in order to, you know, drive a sustainability commitment. And I think that skill can be everything from, we were talking earlier about how to account and how to, you know, actually look at the numbers. And I think there's definitely a skill set there that's nascent and just being understood. But there's probably a broader skill set as well as we were looking through some of the results of people just don't really even understand what sustainability is and their role in it. And, you know, so that's a learning opportunity. There's a, there's a concept of having a learning organization and, and people who, who are part of learning organizations generally have higher engagement scores at their, with their employees and generally are happier and healthier. So if you can link your sustainability strategy to a strong learning culture and organization and then provide the opportunities for people to actually learn more about what it means to be sustainable, I think that's pretty cool. I, I, I like, really like that result out of the survey. I like that. That makes a lot of sense to me. It sounds like uh, if this continues on and grows as you expect it to, business in the U.S. and worldwide is going to be completely different in 50 years. I think it will. Um, you know, it's, 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 that's a great timeline, 50 years. I, I think it will take that long for us to see some of the very significant results from things like these net zero commitments. Um, I think it'll take that long for some of the technologies and innovations to wind their way through from pilot, from you know innovation to pilot to full scale approach. You know there are some amazing things going on with carbon capture, uh, direct injection. How do you use carbon in a supply chain better? Uh, obviously, all of the uh, battery operated things that are electrification things that are coming though that's got its own supply chain issues. So so you know we're not. I mean, just because it's battery operated doesn't mean it's green, and so we got a lot of work to do there too. Um, but then, you know, we, we still have a good chunk of the world without access to clean water and without access to a reliable electricity. If all of these goals can help impact that, which truly is the social side of ESG, then it's a win-win. Jeff, you have made this uh, report public for anybody who'd like to, to download it. Would you give us the, uh, the URL of your company so we can uh, uh, get our viewers can get more information? Yeah, absolutely. Very simple URL, jmj.com, jmj.com. And there is, uh, on, the, on the front page, you'll see our sustainability report, and anybody can download it. In fact, we, we would love for people to download it. It is very insightful. Uh, there is a summary that's easy to digest, and then there are all of the data is in the, in the detailed report. Um, and, uh, and, and, and of course, and of course we would be happy to have a conversation with anybody about it as with Cambridge university, they believe that they, they believe this is a seminal report and, a, and, and, and an artifact that will stand the test of time that we can come back to, um, as we actually progress these agendas, you know, within companies, within governments, I, I think there's a place for universities here as, as well, as we educate people, um, coming out that, you know, it's a little bit like financial literacy. There probably needs to be a sustainability literacy. Um, as, 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 as young people come out of, uh, out of school. Jeff, you have really uh, got our brain cells running on this stuff, but what would you like to add that I haven't talked about, to ask you about? So, you know, maybe one thing to add on this is, is, is how important the concept of transformation can be when you're thinking about a large system and enterprise working on something as important as sustainability. You need to think about these things as a program. It, it just because in a lot of times this happens, just because your CEO stands up on CNBC at Davos and says, we're committed. Generally, that's the first time those employees have heard about that. So now what's next? Well, now what's next is a, a program that's authentic, that's clear, that's communicated, 
that then has a pathway for learning and development so people understand where their place is in it, a pathway of communication and accounting so we know what we're doing and we're accounting for it. And then what does the long-term roadmap look like? Because again, most of these things are long-term commitments and most transformations are long-term. You know, you know, any enterprise that transformation you know, doesn't happen overnight. Many of them are years in the making. We have 20 years of results from our safety transformations that say it takes years, but the, the, but it's worth it. People go home healthy and safe at night. We believe sustainability is the same way. Sustainability is we are just at the beginning. We just need to get started. And this will be a long-term year-over-year transformation, but one that's worth it. And, and I, I think most people have to do. You've been watching the Biz News Podcast. We welcome your input. Send your email to editor at biznews.com. Thanks for watching. Thank you.